morning, Derby City Church. It's great to be with you uh, on this Sunday morning. I hope you're well and I hope you're in fine fettle uh, as we spend uh, some time listening to God's Word in a few moments. Well, I just want to say uh, how great it is to be with you today, even if I can't be there in person. I would love to be there in person, uh, but unfortunately I can't. Now, just before we get started, I want to say this. Um, obviously, moving from England to Spain has its hardships, so I just wanted to show you the weather uh, out there so you may be able to see i'm not sure if you can uh but it's a horrible day you really don't want to be uh, in spain this time of year um but um in fact what well, it's, it's actually quite nice it's uh, 22 degrees and sunshine i uh, i don't need this cardigan on uh, but i just decided that i wanted to fit in uh, so uh, i put the cardigan on uh, just to make you feel a bit more at home. To be honest, I'm really quite hot right now. But anyway, uh, it's great now. It, it, the the myth in, is that it never goes cold in Spain. Well, in the I tell you now, uh, the houses here in Spain. I know you're not going to feel sorry for me. We need to have a real fire. Look, I'll just show you. Got a real fireplace down there, um, because the houses don't have central heating and very few of them have double glazing, so it does go cold. But I know you're not going to feel sorry for me. That's absolutely fine. Um, right. Today we're looking at a great Bible passage uh, and I really thank Paul Hudson and the team at Derby for asking me to come and speak today. Uh, just before we get on to the topic, I wanted to share a little bit about uh, my relationship with Derby City Church. I'm a Derby boy, I'm uh, Derby born and bred, strong in the arm and thick in the head. Um, and I was born uh, actually in Derby City General Hospital, whatever it's called nowadays. Um, and Alistair was the place where I lived originally, but I grew up in Elveston, so that's my area. I'm going to mention that a little bit later on as well, so pay attention. Um, yeah, Derby City Church for me has been, uh, and still, can I just say this, nobody else is watching, are they? It's the best church in the world. Um, because to me, uh, Derby is a church, and it'll always be my home church, because that's the place I got saved back in 1992, when I was just four years of age. No, I was 17 actually, um, but uh, I wandered into the church with my family, my family invited along and we went to a Sunday service and I was expecting it to be a little bit like songs of praise and suddenly this band came on and it was uh, just quite amazing. I used to drive past Derby City Church when it used to be called the Elim Pentecostal Church. I used to go past on the bus on my way home uh, from town. And I used to see Elim Pentecostal, and I even vividly remember now thinking, is that some sort of Greek Orthodox church? I wasn't sure at the time. Uh, and uh, eventually we were invited by, some of you may remember Stephen Lynn Millward, uh, the Millward family, and uh, we were invited, they were friends of our family, and they invited us along. And on the first day, Gordon Neal came wandering over and started talking football with my dad. And my dad said, uh, talking Derby County, and my dad just said, oh, this is a, this is a great church. Uh, my family uh, didn't continue going to church, they just uh, didn't see uh, you know, the need to go to church. But for me, that was the moment that I really wanted to connect in. I was kind of getting a lot of trouble at school and I was skiving school to go kickboxing uh, down on Sandergate. Um, and I was getting in with the wrong crowd and the Derby Church really was the time just after I left school that this was the kind of the time when I became a Christian. September the 4th, Thursday evening in 1992 um, we went to Hebron Hall Cardiff with Steve Kempton and uh, as we had the youth weekend there Paul James from Bristol was uh, an very much an evangelist was speaking and on the last night of that uh, weekend or week 
I gave my life to, it was a Thursday, I gave my life to Christ on that night and I remember dancing around and, uh, and to be honest, um, I'm not a great dancer, but it was a great evening, really enjoyed it and so Derby Church has many, many great memories for me uh, and uh, I always consider it my home church. I was in Coventry for seven years after being at Bible College in Nantwich and then moved to Spain 11 years ago and as much as this is home and I love being here, uh, Derby is never too far, just off my family. <laughs> We're watching Derby County on the telly a lot. Although, to be honest, I need a lot of prayer right now. Uh, right, uh, just also wanted to say before we cr uh, crack on um, that uh, I've lost some great friends at Derby. Chris Hunt, Martin McBride, and of course this year, uh, Pastor Dave Bailey. Can I just tell a quick story because I hope this will um, warm you a little bit this morning. When I was about to go to Bible College, I uh, spoke to Gordon Neal. We didn't have a pastor at the time, and Gordon, oh, I'm, I was, Gordon's like my spiritual family, Gordon and Kay and Liz and, and Helen. And uh, I spoke to Gordon, I said, look, I'm thinking of going to Bible College, um, and, but I want to go this year. And he said, wait another year, there's a new pastor coming in. Wait another year, work with him, and then go to Bible College, save a bit more money, and it would make sense. And so I, I took Gordon's advice, which is normally right, and um, I spent another year at Derby Church and it was 2001 I left Derby and went to Nantwich. Well at that time uh, Dave Aileen came in, new pastor. I met him before because he was friends with Steve Campton so I knew him from before. Um, but uh, you know it's always a bit nerve-wracking when a new pastor comes in isn't it? Uh, so I got to know him and uh, he said I'm going to teach you servanthood and boy did he teach me servanthood. In fact some of the things that Dave taught me are still very much uh, resonate in my ministry today when, I, when I'm doing stuff like I'm to clean the toilets because I run a small church uh, and uh, I realise that I'm just the words of Dave Ailing are echoing uh, with me again very much so and so uh, I, I remember one day we had a, an evangelist um, Carlos Anacondia coming from uh, South America and it was a big big event and so I got to church early and Julia was outside and there was sick all over the front door it wasn't Julia it was somebody who was drunk the night before and um, and I said to Julia, oh, what's going on? And she said, somebody's being sick. You know, a lot of it's a Saturday night and Sunday morning. And uh, so I said, where's Dave? And she said, he's downstairs getting a bucket. And I said, it almost felt like the prompting of the Holy Spirit to have to go down. And so I went downstairs and uh, Dave had his head underneath the sink. And I said, uh, uh, morning, Pastor. Uh, I'm reporting for sick duty. And he said, right, there's a bucket. There's a sponge. Go and sort it out. And it was like, okay, so I went, did it all. And I went back and said, Dave, done it all. He goes, yep. Yeah. Is that it? You're not going to thank me for it? You know, we've got a great evangelist coming over. And I know he was maybe got a lot of preparation in his head going on. And he never thanked me for it. And you know how sometimes we feel like we need to get thanked for everything in church? Well, that didn't happen that day. Well, uh, so I carried it with me for a little bit. But I thought, you know what, one day I'll just get on with it you know and uh, on the very last day before I left to go to Bible college uh, they asked me to preach in the church and then they got up and uh, said some nice things and and Dave mentioned the day that I went and cleaned the sick and he said I never thanked him for that but I'm thanking him now and so Dave's legacy was, is always and always will be to me um, teaching me how to serve in the ministry uh, but more than anything else I'm just gonna miss uh, uh, and it hasn't really sunk in yet um, because not being in Derby, being away, it feels like it hasn't really sunk in. And so um, it doesn't feel real. Yet, 
I'm going to miss just touching base with him at Harrogate um, and touching base on the phone. We spoke on the phone just a few weeks before he died. and uh, So it hasn't really sunk in, but I just want to say that I'm praying for you all. Um, I don't fully understand it all, but um, God, is, uh, God is good and he's in control. And so uh, our, our Derby Church and uh, Dave in particular, many of us, many friends, he's very close to my heart. Anyway, we're moving on to the word of God for today and it's John chapter 7, uh, sorry John chapter 10, let's get it right otherwise Paul won't be happy with me, uh, John chapter 10 verse uh, 7 and it's uh, Jesus saying I am the gate, I'm getting hot, I'm getting hot, uh, right therefore Jesus said again I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep, all whoever came before me were thieves and robbers but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I love, love, love this verse. And of course, the final verse in there we quote quite often, don't we, uh, in, uh, in our Christian circles. Um, and kind of forget the context a little bit of what it's really all about. And we see here, in fact, in another version, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Uh, you know, at the moment I'm involved with radio media, some of you may be aware, and quite often um, we have stuff that comes up and we have to weigh up whether we can report it or not. Because there's so much... Uh, without trying to do my Donald Trump impression, there's so much fake news. And so, that wasn't an impression by the way, uh, but there's so much fake news out there. And so we have to line up as a radio station and kind of verify things uh, when it's the scientific stuff that's going on with coronavirus, a report that's come out, we have to make sure that it's peer reviewed. That's really important when you're reading a scientific report that's peer reviewed. Uh, and quite often we have to discern what is true. And what I like about this is that Jesus do, does not allow us any kind of vagueness uh, in, the, in the term. He says, I am telling you the truth. Years ago, we used to be able to say, you can take this to the bank. Do you remember that? Take it to the bank. But nowadays, I'm not so sure. <laughs> but, uh, but nonetheless, you can take this to the bank. Jesus says, I am telling you the truth. Verily, in other versions, verily, verily, I say unto you, very truly, I tell you. I am the gate for the sheep. Uh, being, a, you know, Derby and Derbyshire, of course, very different places and uh, a lot of countryside. And uh, being, growing up in the, in the city of Derby, very rarely do I see any sheep, uh, even though we've got plenty of rams. Um, and so it wasn't until I moved to Spain, really, that, uh, and where we live here in this kind of south coast of Spain, um, it's, there's two worlds living next to each other. There's like a holiday resort and lots of built-up apartments. And suddenly the old Spain, literally on our doorstep, where there's shepherds who are uh, looking after sheep. And unlike mostly in the UK where it's all uh, landlocked and it's hedged in and it's fields, here they wander through urbanisations. They wander through estates. In fact, some, every year at the same time, literally hundreds of sheep will come down our road with sheep dogs and a shepherd. And you'll hear the bell ringing and it's an amazing sight to see. Uh, and then for the rest of the week, you're trying to dodge stuff on the floor. Let's just say that. Um, 
But to see that happen is quite an amazing sight. And it's very similar to what happens even to this day in the Middle East, that they're more nomadic, they will roam around. And so uh, they need somewhere to call a place a base. And we're gonna look a little bit more into what that actually means in Israel in a few moments. But to, um, many people who live in an urban environment don't ever really see that kind of life. But Jesus, what I like here, was talking very much about everyday life. This was an everyday occurrence uh, for these people. It's a bit like me talking about football or Coronation Street or something that a lot of people, or X Factor or Britain's Got Talent, or something that we can all relate to. A lot of people may watch and quite a few people can relate to it or maybe going for a walk in the park or, or talking about fast food places or talking about shopping malls. Uh, it's that kind of thing. It's, it's an everyday occurrence. So uh, Jesus could be also, also talking about a gateway into a shopping mall in some respects because that would be uh, re resonating more with us in our society today. But many people who live in urban and suburban environments don't fully understand. But in Jesus' day, shepherds and sheep were common sights. And John's original readers would have been familiar with this uh, picture. They would also have been aware of many Old Testament references to God as shepherd. So Jesus really is coming in line with a lot of Old Testament stuff. Of course, we, uh, I do funerals on quite a regular basis here. Um, well, I used to before the pandemic came in. And quite often I will be quoting or reading um, Psalm 23, For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, and so and those that would be hearing this it would not be alien to them. And he's talking in terms of being the shepherd. Old Testament God as a shepherd of Israel, um, including the well-known 23rd Psalm, as I mentioned, the Lord is my shepherd. So this imagery of this in the statement and the next, I am the good shepherd, would have been also familiar to Jesus' audience in those days. He begins by describing a typical first century sheep pen and the way it functions for both shepherds and sheep. And so uh, I read a pastor's account of going to Israel and this is what it said. I want to read this to you. I'm going to try and read it a little bit higher up so I'm not looking down all the time. A few years ago, a friend of mine invited me to join uh, him and 25 others on a tour of Israel. On one of our first stops, we visited a sheep pen. If I heard the word sheep pen prior to this trip, I would have imagined an enclosure made of either wood or metal. But in Israel, the most common material is stone. And therefore, enclosure, uh, the enclosure we saw that day was made of large white rocks piled on top of each other to the height of about three feet. This is a type of pen that Jesus' readers would have seen in the first century Israel. At sundown, the sheep were led into the enclosure to protect them from the predators and thieves. Some sheep pens, including the one Jesus describes, were large enough to house more than one flock. For security, there was only one gate into the pen. A watchman who was a hired hand only allowed certain shepherds and sheep to enter that gate if they had permission. If anyone tried to come into the pen at night, climbing over the wall, it was clear that he was a thief or a robber, not a legitimate shepherd. In smaller sheep pens, the shepherd himself would sometimes lie down at the entrance to the pen, becoming a human gate and protected the sheep from all intruders. And so when Jesus says, I am the gate, you get a different picture now uh, when he's saying that I am the gate to the sheep pen. Surprisingly, uh, Jesus does not begin this story by describing himself as the good shepherd, which we see, but rather as the gate. Into the shepherd pen, he thereby claims to be one of the uh, one and only way into the pen. And that kind of is a theme and it comes along another well-known I am saying when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And this is a great passage because it's, it's a reminder that salvation is found in one name only, and that being Jesus Christ. Therefore, uh, let me read again. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I like that as well because Jesus is saying there's a lot of people out there with a lot with different agendas. And lots of people have come uh, and if you spot them, you will notice there's a difference between Jesus and what other people are saying. And so we have to be careful what we're listening to. We have to be listening to the, the voice of the Good Shepherd rather than all the other voices that are out there today. And I'm very much aware of all these voices that are out there. It seems like everybody nowadays has got an opinion on something. And so everybody seems to be getting offended at everybody else's opinion. And so it's a, it's a minefield, isn't it, to, to walk into today's society and, and say the right thing or not get into trouble. But Jesus just said, this is the truth. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the gate for the sheep. And when he used the term sheep there, he's talking about believers, of course. But anybody can come to the gate. Uh, we then go on and he says, all that came before me were thieves and robbers. So there is a difference. Somebody may sound a little bit like Jesus, may even talk a little bit like Jesus, but they're not Jesus. And Jesus was at the gate and he said, those that are climbing over are obviously thieves and robbers and they're trying to get in. But I am the gate and very many bible scholars believe that he's talking about obviously the kingdom of god here it's a bigger picture that he is the gate into the kingdom of god and i want to thank god back in 1992 that i came and realized that jesus is the gate now i remember um, a while ago because when we are the sheep and jesus is the shepherd it says this, whoever enters in through me or by me will be saved. It's great. It, no, you don't have to earn anything. You don't have to do much. All you have to do is enter in. It's like uh, if I'm coming up to the door of your house today and I say, can I come in? And you say, well, actually, Dave, no, last time you made a right mess. No, no. Uh, and you, you would open the door, hopefully, and let me in with social distancing, of course. Uh, and if we're allowed to do that, so I can't keep up with the tears. Um, it will all end in tears. Uh, so uh, you will open the door and I will enter in. It's, there's, no, there's no great hardship on my behalf there. There's not, I don't have to climb up the walls to get in too. I don't have to go through the window. Uh, you know, it'd be very odd if, you came, if I came to your house and uh, you said, yeah, I'm putting the kettle on, just climb up through the first floor window and I'll make you upstairs. Uh, <laughs> it'd be very strange. No, we open the door, we walk through. There's no effort really involved. And Jesus says, I am the gate. If you enter, you will be saved. And I love that because you know, quite often we Christians make Christianity far more complicated than it actually is. We just say to people, look, just call, there's a great verse, and this is my favourite verse in all of Scripture. And I say that about loads of verses, by the way, but this one is. Those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love that because it takes away any ambiguity. Just call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. That's all you have to do. It's repent, turn away from the things that you've done wrong in your life and look to Jesus and follow him. Uh, and that's, it's as simple as that. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. I love this as well. We're living in a time uh, of uncertainty 
uh, where, and I don't belittle what people are going through. We're, we're certainly seeing a hit on our income as a family. Uh, I know others have seen it far worse than us. Um, we know that what's happening in our economy right now is a pretty uh, uh, a dire situation. I'm not belittling what anybody is going through, but I do know this, and it's something as a mission, as an Elam missionary, uh, and as a pastor uh, for many years, I've recognised the provision of God. He provides. I remember being at Bible College, and uh, I needed uh, 50 euros to pay my accommodation, and uh, uh, the Lynn Davies was actually asking me. She said, uh, "Look, it needs to be in by Friday." I'm like, "Okay, we're trusting God. We're trusting God. It's going to be there." And right up to very, very last minute, right on the Friday morning, a cheque arrived from somebody from Derby Church, actually, sending me £50 uh, for, did I say euros earlier? £50 anyway, uh, to pay off the accommodation. You see, God uh, is never early, but he's never, he's never late, but he's never early either sometimes. It's just on time and the money came in because God provides for us. And I want to say today that uh, even though we're living in a famine, uh, the, Lord, the Lord has spoken to me recently. He wants us to feast in a famine. Now, I know you look at me and you think, look, he doesn't need to feast anymore, does he? Uh, well, let, let's just say this, that um, I believe as a church, as Derby City Church, it's been a bit of a famine time as far as this year. Uh, we've all faced a pandemic, but you guys have faced far more than that. So I don't say this glibly. I say this sensitively. God wants you to feast in a famine. He wants to bring fruit into the church. He wants Derby City Church to be fruitful. And when the world economy is going down, and when we see even the likes of China just growing by a few percentage points, and when we hear of the economy news in the UK and here in Spain, we can get downhearted, or we can say we don't live under the world's economy. Yes, we will be affected by it, no doubt, but we're under God's economy. And he is my shepherd and he is my provider. It says here, I will lead them out and they will come out and find pasture. Another reference really to Psalm 23 there, as you know. The thief comes only to kill and destroy. We're going to move on to that. But just let us stay there. Find pasture. God wants you today to know that he's brought you to a place of peace and pasture. Let's, let's remember Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he maketh me lie down in green pastures it's a place of provision our church here in spain uh, we recently changed and it used to be called the calahonda church because it was a church in calahonda uh, so <laughs> very original name we've now changed the name uh, to encounter church spain uh, but the tagline remains the same we are an oasis where the word of god is preached and the love of god is shared and elim is an oasis uh, and for me the Elim Church in Derby was an oasis and still is an oasis to many a place where you can come and experience the presence of God may Derby City Church be a place where you experience on a regular basis the presence of God and even if you're not able to meet in person or, or, or maybe meeting in a different format right now I'm not sure exactly where you guys are at the moment on that but if you're meeting at home, the presence of God will fill you right now. And uh, I'm just maybe just going to pause here for a moment. Just to say whatever your need is, whatever your lack is right now. I want you to know that God wants you to experience a pasture because he's, he's a good shepherd. 
And so where you are, I wonder if we just take a moment. I'm going to pray actually. I'm going to take a moment just to pray that the Holy Spirit will fill you, whether you're watching this at home or at the church, wherever it may be. Lord, in Jesus' name, we can't lay hands on physically today, Lord, because of restrictions. But Lord, you ordain this moment. And Lord, I pray right now, Lord, for anybody who's lacking or in a place, Lord, of loneliness or in a place, Lord, of uh, hardship, in a place, Lord, of relationship destitution, a place, Lord, of uh, just uh, or, lo- or leaving, losing their job, Lord, a place, Lord, of uh, vulnerability, a place of even desperation. I just pray right now, Jesus, that you'd come alongside and Lord, that they would right now experience your Holy Spirit filling them that your presence would be with them right now, Lord, that they would know a refreshing that comes from you. I thank you, Lord, that you are the good shepherd. Hallelujah. And then the famous verse. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Earlier on in this passage, uh, we've not read it here, but earlier on in this passage we hear the, the famous words, my sheep hear my voice, my sheep know my voice. Many years ago, when I lived in Elveston, uh, Bracknell Drive, 51 Bracknell Drive, just near Noel Baker School, there's a blue plaque on the wall now, it says uh, Dave Washington was here. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, there was a few things which really spoke to me from my days in Derby. It was a council estate, and my dad, you know when you hear your pe- saying the same things that your parents say to, to, to you and you hear yourself saying it to your kids, I'm doing this now, switch that light off, stop coming down the stairs making all that noise, sound like a herd of elephants up there. My dad used to say that to us. And uh, he used to say as well, if you don't stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about. And he also used to say, if you break your legs, don't come running to me. He had a sense of humour. But anyway, he always used to say, cause I was notoriously leaving the gate open, shut the gate because when you're inside the house, even though the gate, if anybody wanted to break into a house, it would have just cleared a, maybe a one metre gate and that would have been it. So not too difficult. Um, but for some reason he wanted the gate shut. It just, and the door shut and the lock on. And it's a place of security and provision. And when we're inside the pen, it's a place of security and provision. I was always leaving, we used to have an entry between the two houses and I was always leaving the back entry open and the dog would get out. I had a dog called Monty. And uh, I used to take him on Bolton Lane Park and for one reason and one reason only, well, take him out for a walk, but also uh, all the kids in our area loved him and I would have been early teens and um, it was a way in which all the girls would come over and start chatting to us because I got the dog. And quite often, uh, so I took him out a lot, so quite often we would go and be climbing up the trees and Monty would be off somewhere, his name was Monty Python, he'd be off somewhere and... uh, He'd have everybody calling his name, Monty, come here, Monty, and they'd all be fussing him. He'd love it. But then I'd know it's tea time. We've got to go home. And so I'd shout, Monty, come on. And as soon as he heard my voice, his ears would prick up and he'd come running over. Because one, he knew it was food on the way, but two, he recognised my voice. And so even in the midst of all the other voices that are out there today, may you hear the shepherd's voice today and may you recognise it. And may you say, Jesus, your voice is louder than all the others. I recognise your voice today and I'm going to follow you. Because I recognise that the thief comes into the sheep pen to still kill and destroy. But I, that you have come to give me life 
and life in abundance. And so today, Lord, I choose to listen to your voice. I choose to acknowledge that you provide and I choose to acknowledge that you are the way, the truth and the life. And if anybody is listening today, you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never become a Christian. You've never said, I want to follow Jesus. Then today could be your day. All you have to do is pray and ask him to become Lord of your life and turn away from all the things that you've done wrong in your life and say, I want to follow Jesus. You, I haven't got the time right now to explain it all the time is against us, but I just want to add this. That if you invite him in, he will come in. But let's look at it a different way. He's inviting you in to the pen, a place of protection, a place of provision, a place of salvation, where you will experience the blessing of God. And he'd come that you might have a great life. Not that you won't have any problems, but you'll have a wonderful life with Jesus. No problems will still come, but facing those problems with Jesus is far better than without him. Because what is impossible for man is possible with God. I want to thank you today for listening to me waffling on, uh, but I pray that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. I want to send you all my love to the, uh, to the Church of Derby, and hopefully one day I'll be back soon and seeing all you lovely faces. If I've never met you before, it's been great, and I hope we meet sometime in the future. Have a great day, and uh, keep blessed and uh, stay safe at this time. And may you know that we're praying for you here from Spain and uh, Derby is close to our hearts. God bless and I'll see you soon.